the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. I'm Rob Black talking money investing more. From time to time, I like to slow things down and go strategy versus news. Show about getting you to retirement, hopefully. I do my very best work I can for you. I'm going to be introducing a new show concept on Friday uh, as we are getting uh, kind of a show put on KTRB, which is a sister station. And one of the things I'm going to try to do is make it more of a magazine. Part of it's going to be very clear and cut. Here's the, you know, the retirement strategy section. Here's the tech investing section. Here's the stock of the week section. Here's the um, you know analyst upgrade of the week or something along those lines. So tune in Fridays. It's going to be a special show. Uh, so I'm able to port it straight to KTRB and make sense of the KTRB listeners who aren't familiar with the business concept. KTRB is a conservative talk show um, platform. So boosting your retirement income I want to do a segment now called Boosting Your Retirement Income with eight tips or tricks or hints. Many people assume that their expenses will go down once they retire. And a surprising number of seniors are finding the opposite to be true. Listen to this. 46% of households wind up spending more money, not less, in the first two years of retirement. 33% for this trend, that could last up to six years. The first six years of retirement more expensive than the last, you know, five years of your job. That's pretty crazy because now you're spending more than you were with your paycheck and you don't have that paycheck coming in. A way to get more income in retirement is number one best way is to hold off on Social Security. The longer you wait, the more you get. So your full retirement age, you've got power to raise payments by waiting past your full retirement age. For every year that you hold off on Social Security, you'll get an 8% increase in benefits up until age 70, at which point the incentive runs out. So if you're able to get 1500 a month at your full retirement age of 67, waiting until 70 will change 1500 a month to 1860 
That's a nice little raise. When you go into the world of buying bonds in retirement, this is another way, tip number two, to increase your income. Buy municipal bonds or consider buying municipal bonds. Bonds typically make steady interest payments twice a year, so they're a good way for retirees to generate some relatively low risk income. Municipal bonds, however, offer the added advantage that paying taxes, that's always tax-exempt on the federal level, um, if you buy bonds issued by your home state, you'll get the boost your income while avoiding paying taxes completely. So you get the interest, which is nice, but then you don't have to declare the income, which is nice. Of course, anytime I say something like that, consult a broker or advisor or a CPA before not paying any taxes. Tip number three for boosting your income in retirement is hold on to your dividend-paying stocks. Uh, one of the things that I do as I'm approaching age 50 is, as some of the stocks that I buy, I'm like, I might want to own that till I'm 70, 75, 80, because it pays a dividend. Dividends are never guaranteed forever and ever. There are no guarantees. If you hold stocks with a strong history of dividend payments, it's generally a good way to get additional retirement income. So one of the stock screens that a CFP will do is finding companies that have raised their dividend consistently for 10 years. So if you have a $150,000 portfolio with overall 4% yield, you'll get an extra $6,000 a year to play with. You want to consider opening up a Roth IRA. Saving for retirement with a Roth IRA can boost your income in two ways. This is tip number four. First, the withdrawals are taken tax-free. You'll get more money out of each distribution. You'll be able to say, I'm going to buy a car, an RV, I'm going to spend $40,000, $50,000, and you get to take that out of your retirement account without paying taxes on it. That's amazing. So Roth accounts also don't impose required minimum distributions, so you'll have the option to leave your money untouched until you need to use it. So if you have a $300,000 portfolio with an average annual 5% return, you'll be able to leave it alone for an extra five years. That leaves you $83,000 richer. Tip number five is move to a state with no income tax. If you want to improve your income in retirement, move to a state that you don't have to pay taxes. Now, unfortunately, many of these states have deadly animals that like to kill old people. Alaska, Florida, South Dakota, Texas. Okay, so they don't have deadly animals that like to kill old people, but maybe not most desirable for you. But you're not paying income taxes. So... A million-dollar portfolio really is only a $900,000 or $800,000 portfolio in California because you end up paying 10% income taxes, 10% state taxes, roughly. So move to a state with no income tax, and a million is a million. It's a big amount of money. That's a big difference. Number six to get more income in retirement is become your own boss. Nearly 50% of retirees said that they've worked or have plans to work during retirement. The only way I'll do that is if a spouse is dead and I want some company. We have a security guard here at the TV station that he's got to be 75. Um, but he looks 80. And a, a lovely guy. Not sure how great I feel about security being a person who has dentures or what have you, but it is what it is. Internal editor on. Not so sure how I feel about having a security guard that isn't a young brute man. 
but that is what it is. So 50% of retirees say that they want to work in retirement. While you may not want to take another desk job, if you start your own business, you'll get to make some money doing something you may actually enjoy. Americans 65 and older are more likely to be self-employed than any other age group. Interesting, right? You think the self-employed might be younger people, but it's older people. Working on any capacity in retirement, I think is great, especially if you didn't save enough for retirement because you boost your income and you're able to leave money that you would be distributing to yourself alone. Hopefully to grow tax-free in a Roth or 401k. You want to track your medical expenses. This is tip number seven. Retirees need to have a budget and they need to track their health care budget. If you keep a solid record of what you spend, you may be able to get some money back. You're allowed to claim a tax deduction for out-of-pocket medical expenses that exceed 10% of your exceeded adjusted growth income. So if you pay $60,000 a year in retirement but spend $10,000 annually on health care, you'll get exempt to $4,000, which will give you more money to work with. Number eight, and this is a pretty common one, is rent out your home. A tip to get more income in retirement is to rent out your home. You probably had kids in the house at one point in time. Consider letting someone move into your old kids' room. Splash some paint on it. Move out the old Atari 2600. Clean out the closets. Get the mothballs thrown in there because they're funky and junky and smelly. But renting out a part of your home, you know, I see rooms going for $1,000, $2,000 in the Bay Area. So taking in an extra $1,200 a month is $14,400 a year, and that's a great way to get your your retirement hands, your old shaky, liver-spotted hands on more money in retirement. And just a few of these smart moves will be the difference between a cash-strapped existence and one that's far more comfortable. Consider it, please. It's... Ways, eight ways to boost your income in retirement. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Where investors rule. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You can't no more. And where? sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do my best to try to get you motivated, whether it's saying things like women live longer than men, women need to save, Probably an extra $180,000, $200,000 more than men if you're using a hypothetical fifty dollars to $60,000 a year income or budget. It depends on what you can live off of. I don't know. I kind of put myself in everyone else's shoes, but I wear size 14 shoes. My feet don't fit on escalators. My feet don't fit on stairs. Um, I know. You know what they say about big feet, right? Big socks. Um, say what? 
I know, I know. You know what stinks? I don't know what you're saying. You're not going to tell me it sucks being a man. I'm going to tell you it sucks being a man. When I have to pack for vacation, if I want an extra pair of shoes, they're size 14. It takes up half my bag. I know, I know. That's not know. how it works. I get paid more money than the average woman. I know, I know. I could probably That's afford not bigger luggage. That's how any of this works. Anyhow, I don't care. I'm moving forward. I'm not looking back. I'm like a bad 1980s song. I've got the eye of the tiger. And not like that brand new version. Not like that. Not roar. No, 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 no. I'm not a Katy Perry guy. I'm like a survivor. Anyhow, um, there's always going to be risks in your portfolio. And let's talk a little bit about that. Because I think that's worthy of chit-chatting about for uno momentero, which is Spanish for one moment. Uh, I know you're saying very nice, very nice Mexican Spanish. Thank you. Um, I know dos cervezas, por favor. That's about as far as I go with that. So not a good thing. Uh, when I was in high school, I had the choice of which language do you want to learn? Do you want to learn Latin and maybe become a doctor? Do you want to learn Spanish and there's a large community of people who speak Spanish in the world? Uh, you may want to go on vacation to Mexico where it can come in terribly handy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No Latin, nothing practical like Spanish. Or do you want to learn French where Basically, you're taking a micro bullet shot into a very small community of the world and a very small once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Um, Yes, yes, I've been to Paris. Trois. Trois. Not deux. Je parle français un peu deux. Tu tu parles anglais? I know how to even laugh in French. Here, I can teach you. Anyway, you get the point. Um, Why did I bring that up? I have no clue at this point in time. So portfolios have risks, and I'm always going to try to talk to you about things that are practical. And sometimes it's the hidden risk that you may not know of. And one of the risks right now is how does your portfolio do in a higher interest rate environment versus a lower interest rate environment? There's risks on currency. There's headline risk. There's political risk. Uh, There's currency risk. Um, I think I already said that one. But there's probably at least 15 different types of risk out there. Um, So nothing is ever easy, pleasy, lemon squeezy, which I don't even know what the hell that means. Um, But one of the ways you handle risk is diversifying. So you don't put your, all your eggs in one basket, which I hate Robert Kiyosaki. If, like, I could tell you, like, there's people that I could, you know, use a, a pencil eraser and, like, erase from the world, he'd be one of them. Um, not Whoa. because of anything socially he does, but because of the way he goes about teaching people bad investment ideas, like he's some sort of guru. Uh, any of you who are Kiyosaki acolytes, I'd throw in the Darwinian wood chipper. Um... In large part because the advice is so bad. You know, rich dad, poor dad. He lied, just made it up. 
Uh, for years and years and years, he talked about how rich he was with his real estate portfolio, and a quick little background check showed that he actually didn't have any real estate, um, which is okay. I think you can lie your way to the top. I think you can sleep your way to the top. Um, I prefer the latter versus the former, but you figure it out. <laughs> You're saying, did he just say that? I, I'm going to go to HR a little later today. <laughs> That's probably That's terrible. It's terrible. That's terrible. I love Charles Barkley. There's something about a guy uh, <laughs> who makes me laugh. When he plays blackjack, and he loses money hand over fist. And he gives advice on blackjack. He also played basketball at one point in time and never won a championship. And he gives advice on how to win a championship. I find that entertaining. So I'm not terrible. a big Robert Kiyosaki fan. I'm not a big Robert Kiyosaki fan or a Charles Barkley fan. Um, so when you ever get like bad food at a restaurant, you tell the waiter, uh, excuse me, waiter, I've got something to say. And then you pull out your Charles Barkley and Charles will say, that's terrible. And that's how you complain about bad food. That's how I do it. I do it through all in B3s and Charles Barkley sayings, sometimes a Mr. T saying, but I use Mr. T in court sometimes when I have to tell a judge that, you know, this little piece of advice from Mr. T. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And the judge doesn't like that, so he yells at me. He yells at me, and I tell him to shut up. And that goes a long way in the court of law, um, especially when police officers pull you over. Go into your best Mr. T mode. That'll get you far. No so way, risk is no way fool. Risk is always out there, and there's moderate levels, there's aggressive levels. Um, you can even see the risk inside of a stock with by looking at its beta. But I don't put a lot into that. Um, to me, I look at the S&P 500, I look at the Wilshire 3000, Wilshire 5000, Russell 3000, excuse me, and I, I see how things do over time. And I'm, I like cutting my risk by using what's called a style box. And a style box is a tic-tac-toe box. And part of it is uh, growth, part of it is value. And somewhere in between is Growth and value. You've got it. Value is considered more conservative. Growth is considered more volatile. Um, then there's small, mid, and large. So those are your tic-tac-toe top rows, small, mid, and large. And your uh, vertical are growth, growth and income, and income, or growth, growth and value, and value. And you could be stupid and say, I'm going to buy one tic-tac-toe board of each of those through indexes. And you're done. You could add a little bit of you know sexiness and say, let's get some international or some emerging markets. So you need more than just nine slots. And sometimes you can you know uh, boil down those slots into, well, I'll just buy you know an all-in company. I'll just go the middle of the road, or I'll go all growth, or I'll go all value, uh, depending on where you are in your your life cycle. But there's always going to be risks. And the number one thing you don't want to do is put your all your eggs in one basket or only have one egg.
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. A lot of decisions are made last second. And a lot of decisions are made incorrectly. If you take a decision, I think you create opportunity. I think grammatically speaking, that's the way of thinking about it. Um, should you buy a house or not? Should you buy or rent? Maybe that's what it boils down to. Is there a right choice? Well, like I always say, there's no right choices. There's just compromises. So what's your goal? Is it to make a profit? Is it to settle down? Is it to make babies? What's your credit score? Are you planning to move in the next couple of years? How much cash do you have in the bank? How much cash do you have in the bank in a worst-case scenario? What do you find you bought a home that is a fixer-upper? What do you find that you bought a home that doesn't need any maintenance at all? So should you buy a house or rent? Motivation is pretty big. Buy a house if you want to put down roots. Start a family. Rent a house if your only reason to purchase a house is to get rich. Stick to renting. Now, when it comes to money, buying a house means you're going to have to put up maybe 10, maybe 15, 20% of the asking price for a down payment. In a hot market, maybe more. Otherwise, if you don't put down 20%, you're also going to have to pay mortgage insurance, which is suddenly like, oh, taxes have taken most of my money. Now I've got to pay mortgage insurance on top of it? Rent typically requires a smaller fixed amount to get invested in playing, so to speak, or to get involved with. When you buy a house, you're going to have bills to contend with. You're going to have the mortgage. Um, it takes years, but you pay it off which ultimately will kind of eliminate a monthly cost. If you rent, you're going to rent till the day you die for life. Now, some people get into a wonderful situation called a rent-controlled building where the price will likely increase every year, but very, very slowly. Um, or not at all for some. I would never buy a home as an investment in a rent-controlled city. I just don't like it. I don't like the idea that... I just don't like it. You buy a house based on time if you're going to be in the home for five years or more. That's when you get some of those costs back. Because when you buy a home, you typically go, okay, I'm going to put some paint on it, I'm going to do this work, I'm going to do that work, and you kind of break your back for a while. Uh, So some of the costs of buying the home, for instance, the commissions to buy and sell, it takes time to get those advantages working for you with taxes and with you're the landlord paying yourself. You have to have commitment if you want to buy a house. And that takes a lot of effort. Commitment means you can't move just because you want to. Uh, Commitment to buy a house is going to suck up some time because houses sit on the market and you have to find the one that's right for you. The last time I bought a home, I looked at easily 40 homes easily and it gets tiring and my commitment was starting to break starting to break and then you finally like one more time i'm gonna give it one more so with rent renting you don't have to have that commitment you got to stay till the lease is up but you could also break a lease for a fee sometimes if you're in a rent controlled area that landlord's gonna be like just go i don't want you anymore because they can reset the rent on someone with 
with buying a home, there's the risk that the economy could slow down, you could lose your job, the home could lose value, and that freaks people out. But we've seen the reward that a lot of times homes go up in value. And that gives us some emotional like glee, but it also gives you some financial security. When you rent, and I've seen this happen all too often, there's a lot of risk associated with rent can spike. Uh, a spiking rent can push you, oh no, out of your where you want to live. That's a little bit on the sad side because... You know, giving you some perspective on that. Um, I know a lot of people in the Bay Area where it's so expensive. And one of my good friends just decided to move to Lafayette uh, from the San Carlos Peninsula, Palo Alto area. Uh, bigger house. Nice neighborhood. Similarly nice, but not as close to Stanford, but closer to work. Um, but... Also, I know three or four families that are renting, and there's something nice about going home to Grandma and Grandpa's house and say, this is the house I grew up in. Uh, when you rent, there's not going to be that ability to go back. Now, the Bay Area's got renters that will rent for 12, 13 years. They'll rent for that whole kindergarten through 12th grade experience. But then you're like, whoa, I just spent 25% of my working years renting. Um, so it's important that if you do do that, and, oh, I met this beautiful woman the other day, and I just say that because I'm just, sometimes I, just, I get breathless. I'm like, whoa. Um, she got 20000 she she inherited $20,000, and she was like, what should I do with it? And she goes, should I buy real estate? And she goes, my dad loves real estate, my grandfather loves real estate. I said, you should probably buy real estate. Um, sadly, she's looking in... Fresno, which isn't horrible. Uh, it's not great, but it's not horrible for where jobs are. Um, but that it comes down to some of that uh, thought patterns. So what else emotionally is involved in buying a home? Well, or realistically, you have to have a good credit score if you want to buy a home. Um I like the renting aspect if you want mobility, especially until like you're settled down. Uh, people are changing jobs more and more quicker, uh, quicker and quicker and quicker. And when they do, renting it helps. Uh, but again, like I said, you need a good credit score to land a mortgage rate that you're comfortable with. If your credit score is too low, though, you might find out that you're going to have to pay more money to rent a home. And... What's embarrassing or horrific about renting is uh, property managers can check your credit. And I can tell you as a property owner that, you know, the property management company said, well, we got three choices here. And, you know, this one is three kids who all are separate and work at restaurants. I'm like, oh, no, not restaurant workers, <laughs> which I'm not against restaurant workers per se, but that income could be... Uh, Flippy, and it could be. I remember being a restaurant worker in college, where like you work until two in the morning, you sleep until eleven a.m. And it's not to me, as a landlord, the ideal tenant. Um, closing costs on a home are expensive, two to five percent of the purchase price, and that stinks. But on the other hand, if you want to rent, and the rent 
rental location is ideal and perfect. Sometimes you have to pay a fee to the, the, the person involved. Um, so when you own a home, you have maintenance, repairs, and renovations. I did some work on the the yard, the landscaping, and you can spend hundreds of dollars pretty fast. And the maintenance, you know, when the water heater goes out, I'm not calling the landlord. When the laundry goes out, I'm not calling the landlord. I'm doing it myself, right? So a lot of times management will cover the renter's maintenance costs. Uh, but also the, on that idea of the renter's cost is if you have a dog that pees on the rug, you're like, ah, it's no big deal, it's a rental. When push comes to shoving you, you're out, those pee stains and pee smells are going to have you lose your security deposit. So there's a lot of factors, non-monetary factors, playing a crucial role in housing, owning versus renting. And I think anytime you move into a home, whether it's a rental or a home, it's a pretty big life change. So trying to afford a mortgage or avoid a mortgage is pretty important. And if you're planning on having a baby in the next three to five years, you may want to slow down your thought process on owning versus renting. Psychologically, people that I hear time and time again that they want to own a home is because they feel like they're wasting money on rent. And there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, A teacher that I was talking to recently wants to buy a home that's really far away from work. I'm like, why do you want to do that? She's like, because it's affordable. I'm like, okay, so you're saying it's far away from schools. So you're also telling me it's far away from jobs um, and housing that's desirable. So you're going to housing that's not desirable. But you're also probably going to housing that's not desirable in a poor school district. Otherwise, you might want to try to get a job at that school district. You get the process. This isn't as easy. So what I'm trying to get at is there's no shame renting. I'd like you to be buying somewhere at the same time. So if you rent to be close to work, if you rent for a low cost... I'd like you to be saving up some money. If not for buying a home in San Francisco or L.A., a big city market, you don't have to do that. You can buy in a mid-sized market or a vacation market. I once had a friend who's a police officer. He uh, couldn't afford where he was a police officer, so he bought a rental in Tampa. And, uh, you know, he Airbnbs it and rents it out, and one day he can retire there. Or he can take the equity that he built and get something bigger and nicer that he wants. There are no right answers. There's just compromises. you got to think about that going in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. What if you're single and have no children? Should you have a will or not? Jokingly on this show, I teach you a lot of financial lessons, sometimes entertaining-wise, sometimes uh, very cut and dry. One area that it's kind of like important to me is that you should have a will or a trust, a trust in the state of California to avoid probate if you own a home. It will save you $40,000. It will cost you three to 4000 It will save you 36000 Boom, just like that. Because when you die, the judge will go like, okay, the, the hearsay property of Mr. Black that's located in the state of California at this said address, uh, we need to check to see if the property has any liens on it. Was he doing any illegal business dealings or anything that, any claims that might come up, uh, Indian burial ground. We need one year, and lawyers, you need to go find it. A lot of times what's happening is he's, Judges are appointing lawyers to, you know, who are their friends. and They get to know each other. So the probate process is pretty painful. So if you're single and you have no children, should you have a will? Do you have cousins? I think it's important to think about. So let's say you die with $500,000 in your estate. A judge can appoint a lawyer who's like, and let's say you're, you happen to have a name that's associated with Puerto Rico. A lawyer can appoint a judge. A uh, judge can appoint a lawyer. A lawyer could say, well, judge, I need to go to Puerto Rico to ask around if there's any Roberto Negros, if any of his family members, you know, are still around. And judge says, well, that sounds appropriate. Guy takes his wife. The lawyer takes his wife. Turns into a vacation. Guess who's paying for it? Rob Black, Roberto Negro's estate. So it's important if you at least have a napkin well where you want your money to go. That's way better than nothing if it's in your handwriting. Legal Zoom is way better than a napkin and much cheaper than hiring an attorney. And hiring an attorney to write a will is not going to bankrupt you. But when push comes to shove, you know, you probably have some cousins. You probably have somebody out there that you want some of that money to go to and not have lawyers siphoning off fees. It's part of the process. And I know I could be cute and say, okay, well, if you die with all you'll have is a cat, that's fine. You don't need a will, but you do. Uh, It could be a very simple will. So that's out there. Articles that I see, and you'll see them too if you're online, turn on Yahoo or uh, MSNBC or your MS and it turns into MSNBC or MSN.com, I'm not even sure. But you'll be at some sort of website and you'll see a woman who is 28 retired with $2 million in the bank. She saved 70% of her income. Here's how she did it. I don't think you really want to retire at 28, even if you have $2 million. Now, when I was 18, I said, I'll retire at 35 with a million. I could live off that till the day I die, which I could. But I wouldn't want to. Average Americans spend the bulk of their money on housing, transportation, and food. So when you know that, anytime you see there's a 28-year-old girl, woman, 
who saved $2 million, and now she sits at home and plays Xbox all day. You're like, ooh. you got to figure out how to make your housing cheaper, your transportation cheaper, and your food cheaper, and you could probably do the same darn thing she did. Um, one of the things I did in college, in my latter years of college, was instead of living on campus, I lived off campus. And what I did was I took control of the rent. You know, I rented a whole house for $800. And it was a five-bedroom house, and I basically charged everyone $200, then my room was free. What I also did was make damn sure I didn't tell anyone that I rented it for 800 I told them I rented it for 1000 But I took the smallest room, and they all got bigger rooms. Um, and I know a lot of people spend 400 600 more than me on rent. I know a lot of people spend $1,000 more than me on a mortgage. So if you want to get rich, it's pretty easy to figure out the areas that you need to attack. Housing, transportation, food. And how weird you want to do that is up to you. Like I said, in college, I came up with a very creative way of not having to pay rent. Um... I think buying secondhand furniture is good for the planet, and it's also dirt cheap. Craigslist is amazing. I furnished a lovely modern apartment in San Francisco by only buying off Craigslist. And typically, it was one of these situations where people were moving. I lost my job, and I'm moving to New York. I lost my job, and I'm moving. And they had spent a lot of money on furniture. And they don't have time to, to haggle a $4,000 couch down to uh, 1000 So will you take 500 Sure. So Craigslist not bad. With most furniture, you get 50% or more off the original price. Um, now, on occasion, you'll buy something on Craigslist, like, I found a statue, and you'll never, ever find a place for it. Um, so throwing that out there. So when you see the articles about a 20-year-old who retires with $2 million, it's not that difficult. You just have to figure out how to do it. Again, the biggest items are housing, transportation, and food. And if you can, you know, if you can ride share or Uber pool, it's a lot cheaper than doing an Uber. Uh, a lift line versus a lift, you'll save 50, 60, 70%. And sometimes they don't even have to stop and pick people up. Just saying. It stinks when they do, and you're the last one in the line. But that's okay as well. Save money. Give yourself more time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.